Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette with your host, Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on all podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Pandora, Stitcher, Audible, and many more. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say Alexa or Hey Google, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's corvettetodaypodcast.com. You can also sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at corvettetoday.ck.page. And don't forget, join the Corvette Today Facebook group. We now have over 2,200 members, and I'd love to have you as a member as well. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette Today, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join a new vibrant forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's free to join this friendly community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. Also, a new flagship sponsor of Corvette Today is CTR America. They're the OE supplier for chassis components for the C6 through C8 Corvette. CTR America also provides various aftermarket products like suspension and steering parts. They work with customers that have their own specs, unique designs, and requirements. The CTR Enhanced R&D process provides cutting-edge solutions, superior quality, and lightweight yet functional products, including EV products. CTR has brought to the aftermarket the same know-how developed as an OEM supplier. Visit the CTR America website and learn more at aftermarket.ctr.co.kr. Another new flagship sponsor of Corvette today is E-Tech. E-Tech is the expert and leader in custom flooring. Whether it's your garage floor, basement, patio, or front steps of your home, or a professional workplace, E-Tech is four times stronger than epoxy and comes with a 15-year warranty. There are hundreds of different patterns to choose from, and installation is completed in one day. You can walk on your floor in 24 hours. Call for a free estimate at 913-745-3732 or visit etechcustomcoatings.com. 913-745-3732 or etechcustomcoatings.com. I have my garage floor done with E-Tech and absolutely love it, and I know you'll love yours. You can see the pictures of it on my blog at CorvetteTodayPodcast.com. Also, a shout-out to CanadianCorvetteForum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. My guest on Corvette today is a guy who owns a C8 Corvette and took it on a 19-day trip. 9,000 miles, 23 states, 16 national parks, and over 100 points of interest. His name is Michael DiGiorgio, and he had his bucket list road trip. We're going to talk about that trip, too. Michael, welcome to Corvette today. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thanks for being here. Let's talk about your trip because this is really amazing. Have you always been a car guy, Michael? Where did your love for Corvettes come from, and how did you get started at an early age on cars? I've probably since before I can even remember, I've been around cars and Corvettes specifically. My dad before me was a Corvette knight. 
He got hooked at a very young age as well. One of his friends took him out in his dad's 67 big block convertible. And uh, I think from that point, he was hooked. Growing up, I was always around Corvettes. My dad went on to own and even restore a few mid-year Corvettes, normally 67s. Just from a very early age, we spent a lot of time and really enjoyed that hobby together. Going to car shows, cruise-ins, drag races, whatever else. Something I got hooked on very, very early in life and haven't looked back. So it was a natural to get the Corvette on this trip, wasn't it? Absolutely. I'd say the trip probably was more of a result of of having the Corvette and having a limited amount of time to spend driving it this summer with all the plant slowdowns and delays due to COVID. So I was really looking to, to make up for some lost driving time and the C8 ended being a perfect car for the trip. Now, wasn't this your first Corvette, Michael? This is my first, yeah, something I've been looking to for a very long time and anticipated probably happening much later in life. When I saw that C8 at the reveal, I started doing some mental gymnastics and finding some ways I could make the payment. So about a week and a half later, I had an order in at a local dealer. Very nice. Now, before we talk about the trip, tell us about the spec of your C8 and where did you order your Corvette from? Because you're from Dayton, Ohio, so I'm thinking it's probably around there, correct? Sure. Yeah. I ordered the car from Josh Palmer. That's part of Jeff Schmidt Chevy here in Beaver Creek. And it's a Sebring Orange 2LT. It's a non-Z51 car. Black interior, GT2 seats, orange belts, the black wheels, and then the front lift. So it's a pretty basic spec, but it was perfect for the trip. Yeah. And especially that front lift came in handy, I bet, didn't it? It was a lifesaver on a number of occasions, definitely. (laughs) That sounds good. Now, you drove 19 days on this trip on temporary tax. Did you have trouble getting the car in on time, in time for the trip? Yes. So I had a couple sort of tentative possible dates that I could leave. The date that I really locked in on was Labor Day weekend. And I think the car ended up being delivered about a week and a half after that. So obviously didn't make that date. So I got the car in the middle of September and then it went off to ceramic coat and had to service it before it went out. But I ended up leaving on the first week of October. So it was pretty tight timing. And with some of the places that I ended up going to, even September, but definitely in October, there's a risk for snow. So if the car had gotten here any later, I probably wouldn't have been able to make the trip. Yeah, that's probably right. Were you working within a time frame, Michael? We'll talk about, you know, like the initial idea for the trip and the time frame that you were working in, maybe because of work or something. Isn't that right? Yes, I was definitely uh, constrained on timing because of work. I usually have 10 days of vacation and I earn two more from comp time. Fortunately, my boss is a Corvette owner himself, so nice. he was okay with making an exception for the trip. But the beginning of the idea was going back for as far as I can remember, I'd always wanted to drive Highway 1 in a sports car. I'd been out there when I was a kid as a passenger and then went a couple of years ago and drove it in a Toyota Camry, which is a little bit different of an experience, but had really wanted to get out there in the Corvette. And then from there, I sort of just looked at different iconic driving roads in the country and pieced together what would be like the ultimate car guys road trip. That was sort of the base that I planned the beginning of the route around. And then I sort of added on top of that. That sounds like fun. Actually, I've driven the Pacific Coast Highway when my wife and I got married. We honeymooned in San Francisco. Unfortunately, we rented from a rental place. We wanted to get a convertible, a Camaro convertible, but they gave us a Mustang convertible. And we drove from San Francisco all the way down to San Simeon. But then we drove back because we wanted to get the perspective from both angles, from both directions. It was a blast. We had a great time. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. And ironically, actually, my first ride on Highway 1 was in a rental Mustang as well. So we went out there for Monterey Car Week and then drove the coast in the Mustang. But I was happy to be able to do it in a Corvette this time. Very nice. Well, Michael, let's take a quick break. And in segment number two, we're going to talk about planning the trip and then actually taking the trip on Corvette Today. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website with classified ads starting at just $25 and every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com, the Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E Finders.com. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. Today with me is Michael DiGiorgio. You might not know his name, but Michael took a trip, a 19-day trip over 9,000 miles. It was a bucket list road trip. And in segment number two, this segment, we're going to talk about actually planning the trip and taking the trip. Michael, tell everybody how you came up with the route for the big trip. So like I said before, it, it kind of started out as what would be ideal or the bucket list driver's experience. And I sort of just came up with a master list of roads that I knew I really wanted to hit and experience. And then from there, I kind of just looked at different things that I could hit along the way. And the big one for me is national parks. I love nature just about as much as I love cars. So seeing as many of those parks as possible was very high priority for me. And then pretty much from there, just there were notable stops big cities, other major points of interest from there. I just worked in as many as I possibly could in that pretty short time frame. That was sort of the beginning of it. And then I actually went through and scouted out every single day's drive separately and sort of just put together a loose itinerary of when I would be in each spot, places to see and do it at each location and each state. <laughs> there was a lot of planning up front for it. I can imagine. Were there some specific places that you wanted to see? Yeah. So just from a driving standpoint, Highway 1 was top of the list. Right. Pikes Peak was up there. The Cascade Loop in Washington. And then I ended up hitting some other really good ones like Tail of the Dragon. And then I actually took Route 66 on my way back. So that was another good one. For the parks, Yellowstone, Death Valley, Yosemite, Zion were some of the major parks that I really wanted to see. That's cool. Were there some places that didn't make the itinerary? Were there some places that you wanted to go, but you just couldn't fit them in? 
Yeah. Ideally, if I would have had enough time, I would have just driven all of the 48 lower continental states. Yeah. I obviously just didn't have time for that. But I'd routed in initially just about everything I'd wanted to see. But because of weather during the trip itself, there were a couple places that I had to cut out while I was out on the road. Initially, I was going to drive up through Michigan to do the Tunnel of Trees and then drive up through the UP. And then I wanted to see Mount Rushmore. And then I also really wanted to do the Sun Road and Glacier National Park. And the day I was supposed to drive there, they ended up with about six inches of snow and shut down the road. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the, the car saw a little bit of snow out on the roads during the trip, but definitely not six inches. So that was a little more than I was willing to take on. I don't blame you. <laughs> Talk about the trip itself. Let's get into the details of the trip, Michael, like total miles, how many different states. Talk about the national parks, because obviously you're a nature enthusiast, and how many points of interest you went through as well. So obviously this is a loaded question, but this is the meat of what we're talking about, right? Yeah, so it ended up being almost exactly 9,000 miles. and I didn't really plan on purpose, but almost hit that number dead on. Went through 23 states. Basically, I left from Ohio, went westward through a couple states into Colorado. From there, I went up to Yellowstone National Park and then saw the Grand Tetons there as well. From there, I went to Washington State and hit a number of the national parks and then did the Cascade Loop up there, which is a really beautiful drive. And then went down through the coast through Oregon, saw Crater Lake National Park there, drove through Portland, and then hit probably five different really major points of interest in California. But everything from the Redwoods to Death Valley to Highway 1, stopped at Laguna Seca there, and then did Yosemite National Park as well. And then went back east through Las Vegas, stayed there for a night. And then the car actually got an oil change, and then we changed the DCT filter there as well. Nice. So that ended up being the, the perfect stop for that because it was right at about 7,500 miles into the trip. So it kind of just worked itself out that way. Perfect. But yeah, Fenley Chevrolet out there, we're able to get it in and out in one night. So that was perfect. And then from there, went to see the Grand Canyon up through four of the five major national parks in Utah, which I was really blown away by. And then took Route 66 on the way back and then finished up with the Tail of the Dragon and then Blue Ridge Parkway and then headed home. I'd love to drive the Tail of the Dragon. I want to get out there this early spring as well. That's on my bucket list as well. Michael, talk about some of your favorite national parks, being a nature enthusiast, and maybe some of the favorite roads you drove on a Corvette, obviously. Sure. So the one that really blew me away was Yellowstone. I planned to stay there for two days Probably not the most ideal place to have a mid-engine sports car, <laughs> but just as far as seeing wildlife, I had about a, a two or three hour leg where I saw three grizzly bears, a great gray owl, a bunch of bison, and just all sorts of wildlife. And the next day I saw coyotes, more elk, and then a bald eagle as well. As far as the nature sightings, it was just unbelievable. Really, when you're out there, I mean, it, it feels like you're really in the wilderness. I mean, there's certain parts in the drive where you're out for two or three hours, just completely alone, no cell service, no gas stations, you know, within maybe an hour or two either. So it's a pretty wild experience, but I loved it there. And that's definitely one I want to get back to. And then the other one that kind of caught me by surprise was Zion National Park in Utah. And there is a drive there called the Mount Carmel Scenic Byway. For anyone that's listening, you have to just get on YouTube and Google that. It's just unbelievable. It's like driving on another planet. 
you're just driving along and through these enormous rock formations and all the rock out there is just has this beautiful red tint to it. It's really unlike anything that you see here in Ohio or, or probably anywhere else in the rest of the country. Zion was amazing too. As far as roads, the Tail of the Dragon really lived up to the hype, had a lot of fun there, did probably three or four passes on that and saw a number of other Corvettes out there too. One that's really underrated or maybe that a lot of people don't know about is the Beartooth Highway in Montana and Wyoming, which is just miles and miles of open road. Kind of every road type you could imagine from long straights to the lots of twisties tied in together. Nice. And then just beautiful scenery on both sides. Love that. Great place to open up a Corvette and put it through its paces, wasn't it? Absolutely. And (laughs) I definitely did my fair share of that. There's just not a lot of traffic out there. The speed limits out there on some of those roads are 80 miles an hour in in Wyoming and Montana. So there's lots of room to get some exercise in on the car. You got to love that. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Do you have another trip planned, Michael? Any places that you want to go next trip maybe, or is that in the works? Yeah, so with the C8 specifically, that car is actually getting ready to get shipped out to California for a full build for SEMA. So it's long distance road trip days are probably coming to an end here. Wow. But for me, there's another GM vehicle, an off-roading vehicle that comes out here maybe at the end of the year that I'd really love to do an Alaska road trip. It's just a little bit out of my budget right now. So if anyone from GM is listening and wants to hook me up on that, you know where to find me. (laughs) That sounds good. Well, Michael, let's take our final break, and then we'll talk about how the Corvette did on the trip, its performance on Corvette Today. American Hydrocarbon, your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and and engine bay items for your C4 through C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. We've served customers in over 28 countries all around the world. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades, American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. Our products have been featured in VET and Corvette magazines, so give us a call. 813-476-5638. That's 813-476-5638. Visit our website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon. KC Trends Motorsports has been the Midwest's largest custom wheel superstore for over 25 years. They specialize in C8 wheel fitments from the top brands in the industry, like HRE, Vossen, ADV1, Avant-Garde, and more. They ship daily from their Kansas City location to all upper 48 states with the best pricing and inventory in the country. Need tires? KC Trends Motorsports has you covered. They have tires in stock from Michelin and Pirelli. Plus, they can help you with a customized wheel and tire combo for your Corvette to truly make it one of a kind. And if you need wheel ideas, no problem. Simply go online to kctrends.com for their car and wheel visualizer. See the wheels on your Corvette before you purchase. Also, there's dozens of wheels and tire combo pictures to look through online to spur your imagination. And their expert staff is there to help you with wheel and tire sizing and offsets for your C6, C7, and C8 Corvette. Visit them online at kctrends.com. See them on Facebook and Instagram. Make any Corvette a one-of-a-kind with KC Trends Motorsports. 
Call them toll-free, 877-962-5200. KC Trends Motorsports. You're listening to the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. We talk about everything Corvette, and today my special guest is Michael DiGiorgio. Michael took a 19-day trip over 9,000 miles in a C8 Corvette. It's the bucket list road trip. In this third segment, we're going to talk about how the Corvette performed during the road trip. Michael, talk about the 19-day trip and how the Corvette did overall. Yeah, so the thing that was really unique about this trip is that you see a little bit of everything as to what this country has to offer. One day I'd be on a snowy hillside, and then a couple of days later I was out in the middle of Death Valley. So you definitely put the car through its paces, and it has to be very dynamic in its capabilities. But honestly, the car did a really good job. Never had any issues with overheating. It actually gripped up very well in the snow and the rain. I just kept it in the weather mode. Nice. And then it really got great gas mileage as well. I think I would average probably close to 29 or 30 on the highways. No kidding. That's fantastic, especially on a mid-engine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Believe it or not, and this is, I'm sure there was a downhill grade to where this was, but on Route 66 coming back, there was a couple hours where I was averaging 40 miles per gallon, at least according to the vehicle. But like I said, there had to have been some sort of downhill slope, but definitely got some funny pictures and got a kick out of that. But yeah, the car performed great. And then obviously when you wanted to let it open and have some fun, it was great for that too. Absolutely. How many miles have you got on the clock now? So it's just under 13,000 right now. I think it's right around 12,700. So it's stopped there. (laughs) Not bad, though. That's still not bad considering the trip you took and where you are today. That's not bad at all. Yeah, definitely. What kind of bad things happened to the Corvette during the trip? I mean, I watched the video, and I'm not going to spoil it because I want you to talk about it, but did anything bad happen to the car during the trip? Yeah, so as far as the ones I was really worried about were like break-ins at hotels or car parking next to it and someone slamming the door open and hitting the car. I was fortunate enough to avoid that, but I did have one major minor incident going into Wyoming from Colorado. I had stopped to take a picture with the welcome side and sort of pulled out over turnout on the side of the road and was backing up to line up the shot. And suddenly I just heard a really loud pop sound come out of the front driver's side of the car. And I assumed right off the bat that it was a popped tire. I figured there was a piece of glass or something like that that had just popped the tire. I mean, that's what it sounded like. Right. And I got out of the car, took a look up front, and the tire was fine, but right in front of it, all of that rubber and plastic fascia under the front driver's side fender had gotten torn out. And there was some sort of rogue piece of metal. You'll see it in the video, but I'm still not really sure what it was. Maybe it was a crumbled up road sign or something like that. But it was protruding just enough out of the ground that it caught that lower lip. And then when I got in reverse, it just tugged on that and pulled all of that out of the car. Wow. It cracked the bottom lip of that fender, which it was probably a half an inch crack. That was painful enough. And then all of that plastic and rubber would have been dragging on the ground. So I had to cut a little bit of that ducting out for the rest of the trip. It was an ugly fix, but I was able to keep going and fight another day. That's good. Yeah, definitely had a sick feeling in my stomach the rest of the drive and then that night. I can imagine. Kind of is what it is at that point. 
Absolutely. Well, at least it wasn't the tire. Actually, in retrospect, it was probably better because you were out in the middle of nowhere from Colorado to Wyoming, and it was probably better that came off because you could cut that off. Getting a tire replaced out there would have been crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, there are a lot of these places that you're at driving around the country where there's little to no cell service. So if you're stranded and you don't have cell service, you can't move the car, obviously. It's not like there's gas stations around. You're going to be in for a lot of trouble. So fortunately, it was something I could get in the car and keep going with. Well, that's good. Thank goodness. And like I said, in retrospect, that was probably the better of the two things that happened. At least it wasn't a tire blowout, and it was something that you could take care of temporarily and get yourself back on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, you did this trip all by yourself. Talk about packing the Corvette for a 19-day run. Tell us how it was, where you put things, and did it work out okay? Did you have enough room? Right. So I definitely had to get creative. Like I said before, it's one of those trips where I saw a little bit of everything. So you had to prepare for snow, you had to prepare for mud, and then you had to also prepare for the extreme heat. And I had never done a road trip like this in my life or been to a lot of these national parks. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. My line of thinking was I was just going to prepare for any possible worst case scenario that could arise because, again, I had no idea what to expect. From a safety standpoint, I packed everything from bear spray to road flares to an emergency two-gallon jug of water and everything in between. So I kept all of that on the passenger side legroom area of the car. Yeah. And then I packed all of my clothes, which I had a fair amount for for 19 days. I actually stuffed that into my old high school football bag (laughs) (laughs) because all of my normal luggage, you know, I had a hard case and it's much harder to stuff into the front or that rear luggage area, whereas the football bag was big enough that I could stuff a lot of clothes in, but then it could also be flexible to whichever shape I needed. Gotcha kept all my clothes in there. And then I had a separate backpack that was full of all of my camera gear and sort of like tech stuff. So I had three GoPros on the trip. I had a drone and then I had two laptops on top of that. And then all of the charging gear for all those devices. So wow, a lot of stuff to keep track of. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had to get creative stuffing plastic bags and things like that. And the side areas of the doors just doing little things like that to make extra room for different things. There was a lot. I don't know that I would have been able to take another person and be able to pack for both of us. Yeah, I was going to say, you packed that car pretty tight, and having another person on that trip just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, definitely not. The other part of it was I definitely didn't want to leave any of that gear in the car overnight. So every night I took all that out of the car and then every morning I brought it back. That was my workout for each day. Absolutely right. Man, that's a lot of workout for sure. So in retrospect, do you wish you had the hardtop convertible instead of the coupe? Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the coupe. I'm sure they're both amazing cars. The one thing about the convertible that's obviously a huge advantage is if you run into bad weather, whatever the case may be, you're out on the road, you just click a button and the top is up. Whereas my car, you can do it alone, but it's definitely easier to put the top up and down with a second person. And it's not something you can do instantly. That's a huge advantage for the convertible, obviously, but I do really like being able to see the motor in the coupe as well. So I'm pretty happy with the coupe. 
I feel the same exact way. If it starts snowing again, you got to get out, pull out the target from the rear, and then put it back on. And yeah, by yourself, it's a little bit more to do, but I love the hardtop convertible, but I would definitely miss not being able to see the engine in the back. Yeah, I'm with you. Michael, you've got one video out right now. Talk about when the other videos are coming out, where they can see it, and where they can follow you on social media. Sure. So you can find me, all of my social pages are under the same name. It's just MD Beyond Cars, MD being my initials. The best place would probably be my YouTube and Instagram pages that are under that name. And then I also post some extra videos on my Facebook page that's under that same name. But I have one highlight tape out now of the entire trip on YouTube. And then I'm currently editing through a series of long form videos from the trip. So I recorded probably over 150 hours of footage from the trip. And I'm trying to get that edited into something that's concise enough that people can follow along with. But it's going to end up getting released in a five episode series and keep along that biweekly schedule. But yeah, it'll all be out on YouTube here soon enough. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Corvette today. Once again, you can follow Michael on MD Beyond Cars, either on Facebook, also on YouTube, and are you on Instagram and Twitter as well? I'm on Instagram, not Twitter. Okay, that sounds good. Well, Michael, we'll look forward to seeing the other installments. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other four because some of the footage you got was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, definitely. I'm working hard to get the editing done. I'm definitely excited to share with you guys. So thank you for watching. Sounds good. And thanks for being on Corvette today. Absolutely. Had a blast, Steve. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thanks for listening to Corvette today. And thanks to our sponsors, CTR America, who makes chassis components for the C6, C7, and C8 Corvette. Visit their aftermarket items online at aftermarket.ctr.co.kr. Also, American Hydrocarbon at AmericanHydrocarbon.com and KC Trends Motorsports at KCTrends.com. And don't forget E-Tech Custom Coatings at E-T-E-K Custom Coatings.com or call 913-745-3732. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.